do you get your child to listen to you without repeating yourself 10 times? Is there an easier way to communicate so your child really hears you and follows through with your instructions? Is that even possible? I'll be discussing all of this in this episode of Chilled Out Parenting. But just before we go into all that, a quick reminder that if you're looking for a step-by-step guide to becoming a calm, confident parent, you can grab my book, Chilled Out Mum, using the link in the show notes below this episode. And if you're looking for help yesterday, you'll also find a link to book a call with me. Okay, so today's topic is all about getting your child to listen better. I know this is such a bugbear for a lot of parents. So we're deep diving into how to make this whole area a lot easier. As always, the Chilled Out Parenting Podcast is about giving you not just great information, but actionable takeaways so you can make some significant changes as well. Now, one of the biggest challenges parents tell me about is getting their child to listen to them. It can be so frustrating having to repeat yourself over and over just to deliver a simple message. Even harder than that is trying to improve the behavior of your child when they won't listen to your directions or guidance. Now, while there's some good tips out there to help you communicate with your child, sometimes you have to go a little deeper to improve this situation. This is quite a big topic, really, but I'm going to cover three main points that I want to look at that are going to help you move forward. Before we go any further, we have to address the first most important point. I think this is the one that trips parents up the most when it comes to kids and listening. Here's what you need to know first. children are not very good at listening. Why would they be with their short attention spans, developing cognitive skills, limited life experience, self-centeredness and susceptibility to distractions and lack of practice? Why would they be good listeners just because we need them to be? So my very first point here is that we have to adjust our expectations of our kids when it comes to their listening skills. Whether your child is two or eight or 12, Don't expect them to listen the way you might. It always helps to put yourself in your child's shoes when you're trying to get your message across. What is their world like? Now, we might be focused on our agenda and what we need our kids to get done next, but they're off doing their own thing in kidland and probably having lots of fun doing it. So try to understand their point of view when you're busy dishing out instructions. After all, Would you be interested in brushing your teeth or putting your shoes on when you've just built an amazing fort or you've just got all your teddies lined up for school? If you're not sure what's going on in their world and why they're not listening, ask them. Get interested. Let them know you'd like to help. Often this collaborative approach can be powerful enough to shift things for the better. So let's move on to my next big point here, and that is communication skills. There is a lot that gets in the way from you delivering your message and your child receiving it and acting on it. There's a phrase that always comes to mind for me here. It comes from NLP theory. The meaning of your communication is the response you get. What this means is that as the communicator, if you're not getting the response you're looking for in your child, you've got to change up the way you're communicating. This takes the onus off your child to listen better, which is good because we've already covered that children aren't great with listening. So we can stop wasting time working on that and concentrate instead on you, the communicator. Let's start with the basics. When it comes to talking to your child so they have the best chance of hearing you, setting the scene is really important here. 
Lots of parents tell me that they're often yelling up the stairs at the kids to get ready for school while they're busy in the kitchen or somewhere else, but this offers way too many obstacles for your message to get through intact. Likewise, if you're calling to your child from one room to the next. Before you speak to your child, check out the scene around you both. If it's full of distractions and noise, like it is at my place, your message is just not going to make it. Quieten down the environment as much as you can before expecting your child to hear you or move to a calmer place together. Your child is much more likely to pay attention to what you're saying if you're at their level, focused on your message and making direct eye contact. Ensure your child makes eye contact with you too. And as you speak, watch for understanding and ask them to repeat back to you if necessary. Yes, this will take more time than just calling out your instructions while you're busy doing your stuff. However, if this lessens the need for repeating yourself a gazillion times, then it's probably worth investing a few minutes in making sure your communication is direct from the start. And while we're using direct face-to-face communication, let's keep those words oh so simple. I find we often get carried away with our instructions and we end up making things way too complicated for the child to take in successfully. Remember, a child's brain can only take in so much information at a time. And those attention spans are limited. So instead of, okay, it's time for bed, finish what you're doing and go to your bedroom. Try something much more simple like, bedtime now, please, and see if that's more effective. Additionally, we try to add too many instructions in the one request. Asking your child to do several things like turn the TV off, go brush your teeth and get your pajamas on. Now that can be way too complicated for even a school-aged child to follow. Try taking things one step at a time instead. Now, something else you can try, a little hack for you, is to give your child a choice along with your instructions just to make it more inviting. So offering choices to your child can give them a sense of control and make them more invested in listening to you. For example, instead of, it's time to go, come get your jacket on, try, it's time to go. Do you want to wear your purple vest or your blue jacket? By giving your child that responsibility for that choice, they instantly become more interested. By the way, don't worry if they don't make the best choice. Learning through experience is always more effective than through listening to your advice. Okay, so we've covered two very important points now. First, we looked at adjusting our expectations of children's listening skills. And then we've covered some ideas to help you refine your communication and get your message through more successfully. The third point to make here, and this is one that many parents forget about altogether, is your own listening behavior. I've had parents share with me that they've realized they talk to their child a lot more than they listen. In fact, when some parents concentrate and focus on being a really good listener, they find it really hard to stay quiet. Now, when you think about it, kids don't get much of a say in anything. It's mostly us doing all the talking and expecting the child to listen. We dish out instructions and requests from the moment they wake. Eat your breakfast. Get your shoes on. Have you done your homework? No more screen. Time for bed. When was the last time you actually sat and really took the time to hear what they had to say? Now, next time your child wants to tell you a story, maybe a really long-winded one, take the time to listen rather than worry about the time and the schedule and what needs to get done. If your child has an idea or opinion, let them share it. Ask about it. This activity has two great benefits. Firstly, the two of you grow closer as you take an interest in what your child has to say. You might learn something new about them. 
Secondly, you get to role model what being a great listener is all about. And you know that kids are all about monkey see, monkey do. So let them see you doing what you'd really like them to do when it comes to listening. When in doubt, our children will always look to us for how to listen, follow instructions and behave. If you want your child to listen to you, show them what it means to be a great listener. Talk to your children about what active listening is and why it's important. Make sure you listen back. Also, ensure that you and your partner role model effective communication skills too. Now, there's one more thing to say here, and this one is another aspect that can be overlooked by parents wanting their child to listen better. We're talking about connection, which refers to your child feeling seen, heard, and valued. When there's plenty of this going on, children are more likely to listen and cooperate. But sometimes life can get so busy that we forget to fulfill this need as often as we should. Children who feel disconnected tend to struggle with listening and following instructions. But the stronger and more nurtured the connection with your child is, the more powerful and respectful the relationship between you will be, which means effective communication and better behavior. Your child still needs meaningful opportunities to connect with you, even as they grow older, so try to factor this in each day. It doesn't take much, a heartfelt cuddle, taking interest in your child's favorite online game or asking specific questions about their day at school. You'll find that the next time you need your child to listen to you, the conversation will be more pleasant and effective. So let's do a quick recap on what we've covered in this episode. We firstly looked at keeping our expectations of our children reasonable and in line with their developmental capacity. Then we covered some communication basics to help you ensure your point gets across to your child with minimal obstacles. Face-to-face communication, eye contact and asking for a verbal response from your child, as well as offering to help them with the directions if they need it. We also looked at keeping our words really concise and simple and our instructions straightforward. Then we looked at the importance of being a good listener ourselves to role model what this means for our child. And finally, we talked about the importance of a strong and nurtured connection to help your child feel seen, heard and valued and to enhance their listening skills. We've covered a range of things to try in this episode. And so your takeaway task here is to select the thing you think you need to focus on. Maybe you've realized that your expectations have been too high, so you're going to focus on keeping those reasonable. Or maybe you've had a thing and decided that you don't listen enough to your child, so you're going to make sure you take the time to do more of this. Or maybe you know how busy life has been and the connection between you and your child may not be as strong as it could be. So you're going to work on making your child feel seen, heard and valued this week. Whatever you choose to do here, it's very likely to improve the listening situation at your place and that means life will feel a lot more chilled out and calm. Now, if you're enjoying this topic, you can read more about it in my book, Chilled Out Mum, which you can grab using the link in the show notes below this episode. And if you think you need more help, you can also book a call with me using the link you'll find there too. Okay, we're not done because as always, this podcast is for delivering great parenting guidance, but it's also about helping you be the best possible version of yourself. And how can you be your best if you're not at your best? So every week I share a new chilled out tool for filling your well-being tank to help you keep on top of your mental load and happiness levels. This week's chilled out tool in the spotlight is gratitude. 
Now, this can be a bit of a platitude and it can be all too easy to rattle off a few things that you're grateful for each day. But I'm not talking about that kind of surface level gratitude. Let's take a closer look at how practicing gratitude can help you in everyday parenting life and how to get the best out of this experience. So practicing gratitude can be a powerful stress management tool. It's the antidote to stress. Think about it. You can't be stressed and grateful at the same time. It's one or the other. And by focusing on the positive aspects of life and acknowledging what we're really thankful for, we get to shift our attention away from stressful things and negative, unhelpful thoughts. This mental shift can help reduce anxiety, improve mood, and increase our resilience to stress, which is just what we need as parents, right? Gratitude encourages more optimistic perspective-taking and fosters a sense of contentment, ultimately giving us more emotional well-being and helping us to cope with life's challenges more effectively. But in order for this to work successfully, you have to really feel and experience that gratitude in your body so that your physiological state and your mood is impacted. To do this, here's what I suggest you do. Recall a thing or a moment that you're grateful for and really get into reliving that moment as if it was happening all over again. So take a few moments just to sit, stand still, close your eyes and think of something that you can be grateful for. Do this now. Think about something, whether it's a little thing or a huge thing or something from a long time ago when you were a kid or something really recently, like from last week. Think about this thing or this moment that you're grateful for. Maybe it was something you saw or heard or felt. Relive this moment as if it was happening now. See what you saw then now. Hear what you heard then. Feel what you felt in that moment. Relive that moment and feel really grateful. Feel it in your body and notice what is happening in your body as you relive this moment. And you feel the change in your physiology. Instead of tension or worry, you're probably feeling relaxed and calm. And you're going to be a lot more likely to handle challenges with more ease as a result of this moment of gratitude. Now, I recommend doing this exercise at least once a day. Try and do it with maybe one to three things that you can feel grateful for and relive those moments. You can even use it as a meditation, spending five or so minutes on it. Do this every day and see what the rest of the day is like. And on that note, it's time to wrap up this episode of Chilled Out Parenting. To recap, your actionable task this week is to help your child listen better. Consider the three areas we covered. Reviewing your expectations, improving your communication techniques, and honing your own listening skills. Try out these ideas and see how they improve your child's listening behavior, as well as the overall communication between the two of you. In the next episode of Chilled Out Parenting, we'll be looking at big behavior in children and the best way to manage this. So if this is something you've been struggling with lately, as many parents have been, make sure you tune in then. And don't forget to try practicing gratitude this week using those extra cues that we looked at today. Enjoy trying that out and let me know how you go. I'd love to hear from you. Drop me a note over at Facebook at Karina Lane Coach. And if you think others will benefit from this podcast, please leave a review at podchaser.com. 
finally, remember, if you're not at your best, you can't be your best.